Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello and welcome to a July 23rd Saturday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com. For the last three years, I was the Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. And I'm happy to join you again for our fifth podcast this week. We try to bring you at least five podcasts a week, every week, here on Locked On Blazers. And we had a big week this week on Locked On Blazers, our third week of podcasting. And on Monday, I recapped the Dame Dalla concert. I was there with my buddy Sean Hyken, and I had some sound uh, from a, a definitely unique moment in Portland and a unique moment for Blazers fans because it was basically a Blazers fan event uh, with everybody there decked out in Blazers gear. On Tuesday, I had Dane Carbaugh on the show. Dane, of course, is the host of the web series, the NBA web series, The Rewind, uh, which you can get on, you can check it out on YouTube. It's on Blazers Edge. It's on Hardwood Paroxysm, HP Basketball, for those of you who don't want to write out Hardwood Paroxysm. And we had a great discussion about the Blazers. And then on Wednesday, I had ESPN insider Kevin Pelton on the podcast to talk about the Blazers offseason. And we had a great discussion there. And Kevin is obviously one of the most knowledgeable people that covers the NBA period. And he's based in the Northwest and has been covering the Blazers for a long time. So obviously had some good insight there from Kevin Pelton on Wednesday's pod and we were off on Thursday because I was moving and didn't have any time to podcast that day. The internet also was not set up in my new apartment. So we were definitely off that day. And then yesterday, Friday, we brought you some coverage from the Blazers press conference where they reintroduced Alan Crabb and Myers Leonard after both of them re-signed with the Blazers with long-term deals Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they had just announced that after the end of the Vegas Summer League, we had some live sound from that. I also actually wrote something for BlazersEdge.com from my trip there about sustainability and team building. And if you want to go check that out, that's uh, right now it's up on the front page of BlazersEdge.com, uh, a piece that I wrote about the the Crab and Leonard press conferences and some interesting things that Neil Olshay has had to say this entire summer, which he just reiterated yesterday at the press conference. And we've had lots of great content. I'm, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to be shy. I mean, we, we, we had some great content on the podcast this week, and we're going to keep bringing it. We're going to keep bringing you more of it until the regular season gets here. It's about two months away. We're about two months away from the start of training camp when things will get really interesting. And we're going to keep bringing it to you here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today I want to address something that I touched on yesterday in the podcast when we talked about Alan Crabb. And with all the guests that have come on the podcast, I've led the interviews, whether it's Kevin Pelton, Dane Carbaugh or my buddy Corbin Smith from Vice Sports talking about Evan Turner because I think the wing rotation, how the wings play out on the Blazers team is going to be one of the most important stories moving forward for this team. And 
the biggest question that I've had about Turner and the one that I've had about all their wings, including Harkless, you know, if he gets re-signed, which all signs are still pointing to him coming back, considering nobody signed him to an offer sheet. It would seem unlikely that a team like Brooklyn would send him a massive offer, but we've still yet to see whether that will happen or not. However, we're going to include him in this conversation, and whether he gets re-signed or not, it's who is going to play alongside Lillard, McCollum, and Aminu. And Aminu is, is, I still think, their best wing defender. He has the best combination of shooting and defense, but we know he's going to be playing power forward most of the season next year. We know that that small ball identity is going to be there for the Blazers, that they're, they're going to go all in on a look that was very successful for them last year. I thought towards the around March, right around when Myers Leonard got hurt, it seemed that teams were stopping. They, they stopped really guarding Noah Vonley at all. And it started to work. He really didn't have anything offensively to provide. And when I was looking at the data, I remember after a really bad loss to the thunder in March, that they should go with Mo Harkless to start. And then they eventually went to Harkless because it was one of their better lineups, even though it hadn't seen a lot of time. Harkless had actually been lobbying for that in the media, saying, talking about how great he and Aminu were together. And that starting lineup ended the season with a net rating of 14, of plus 14. So that means they were outscoring their opponents by 14 points per 100 possessions. It was much better than any lineup they started throughout the season. And that is basically any lineup that either had Noah Vonley or Myers Leonard in the starting lineup, those lineups just did not perform very well with the other starters, whether it w- the other starters being Lillard, McCollum, Aminu, Plumlee, and the the Harkless lineup was the best one they had. And we know that they are more successful with Aminu at the four, and that was also a regular part of their fourth quarter lineups last year. Uh, throughout the year, it wasn't even something that they adopted later on, but it was their best fourth quarter lineup was Aminu, Plumlee, Crab, Lillard, and McCollum. And that outscored teams by seven points per 100 possessions and was their go-to lineup to close out games because you had the combination of Crab shooting to space the floor for Lillard and McCollum. You had the playmaking of Plumlee and you had the defensive versatility of Aminu and his ability to play the four and guard, you know, players that are maybe a little bit bigger than him. And, Last year's stats did show, I guess one thing to consider in this conversation is that last year's stats did show it doesn't necessarily matter who starts the game, but it really matters more who ends the game. Vonley was part of a, a really, you know, well-used starting line, um, you know, highly used starting lineup, but he was rarely in at the end of games. He had an impact on the games, but it wasn't something that the Blazers, that it hurt them that much when he was out there. And one thing about the NBA that is true, I I know that all the analytics guys are going to disagree with me here that, you know, every possession matters. And yes, it does. But in the regular season, that's not really the case. I mean, in the playoffs, that's absolutely true. But when you're in the playoff, when you're in the regular season, Games are won in the second half in the fourth quarter, and those are the minutes that matter more. And and that's why that's why we have clutch ratings. That's why the NBA keeps clutch statistics. That's that's why fourth quarter numbers matter. Because at the end, as much as 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 much as we like to say that it doesn't matter, it it, it does. 
And so we know that that's going to be a major part of their attack moving forward. And last year, again, he showed that it doesn't matter who necessarily starts the game, but it matters who finishes. And so the question I wanted to address on today's podcast, which is going to be a short one, is is how is that pecking order going to shape out, shake out, and who will which wings will be the most important? And so I said this already at the top. I kind of spoiled my list, and I think Aminu provides the best combination of three point shooting, rebounding defense i think if there's a, a a really good scoring wing that a team that the blazers are facing that it's going to be aminu who guards them and you know in some cases maybe not you know i guess the blazers have put harkless on james harden before and i i think aminu's really better against the bigger scoring wings guys like durant guys like gordon haywood Obvi- gordon hayward i mean obviously you're not going to stop kevin durant but you know, if if you have to guard him, Aminu is the best option the Blazers have. And I think his shooting, if he can keep up the shooting end of his season last year, because he's been an excellent defender throughout his entire career, if he can keep that up, then the Blazers should probably, you know, be a very solid team. But if his shooting falls off, if it turns out that his shooting last year was a blip on the radar and an aberration then it's going to be really hard for the Blazers to live up to that mid-50s win projection that Neil Olshay put on the team uh, during the Evan Turner press conference. It, it, it's just going to be hard because the, the Aminu that they would be getting would not be the same. But Aminu by, you know, is a hardworking guy. He doesn't really pay attention to much other than working on his game. And his, you know, and his personal and, and just, you know, his other stuff, he doesn't really doesn't really do a lot with the media, doesn't really do a lot of endorsement stuff. He really is just in the gym shooting. So I, I assume that he will be fine on the court next year as a shooter. And then after for me, after that, Crab is going to be the most important of all the wings because I believe he has the most room to grow as a player. I think Harkless is actually Harkless is actually younger than Crab. But Crab just has a natural ability to put the ball in the hoop that is more valuable. I think when we talk about the game, especially now in the age of analytics and stuff like that and, and advanced statistics and valuing playmaking and all these things, I think sometimes it still gets lost the power of putting the ball in the basket and crab already possesses that. And I think that although playmaking is probably a skill that is more innate in players, if you can see the floor, if you can make plays, it's something that comes naturally. I think if you're a really good scorer, if you can score and attract attention to yourself, that it will open up ways for you to become a playmaker. I think there are a lot of guys who are great playmakers that are great passers that can see the floor and make things happen that aren't necessarily great scorers that have that innate ability in them. But I don't think that being able to make plays and being able to set up guys is something that can't be learned or can't develop especially when you're as gifted as Crab is. And not only was Crab the most efi- one of the most efficient three-point shooters on the Blazers last year, I think he was second in percentage behind CJ McCollum, but he was also one of the best two-point shooters in the NBA last season. He has a great mid-range pull-up, that one-dribble, two-dribble pull-up, and he also had the lowest turnover rate on the Blazers last year. And he could still grow, as I mentioned, and he actually talked about that on Friday. Um, I feel just being more comfortable with the ball in my hand, um, you know, find other ways of scoring than just the you know one dribble pull up or the two dribble pull up but um, I feel like that is one of the biggest things for me is just being comfortable with the ball um, 
you know, doing a better job at rebounding, uh, you know, just continue to fill up the stat sheet in a, in a way that can, you know, help contribute to the team. So I think after Aminu, uh, it's pretty clear that Crab is, it, to me anyway, that Crab is going to be the second most important wing on the Blazers because he's already such a threat as a scorer. And I think if he gets better defensively, which is still a, a very possible with how young he is, that he could even become, he could even surpass Aminu in importance if he can become a more consistent defender. I think he has very good defensive skills, instincts, but I think uh, the concentration, I think just the consistency is is what they need from Crab, at least in terms of him growing his game. And I think after Crab comes Turner, because his playmaking and his size, in theory, could provide a lot of relief to the Blazers when Lillard and McCollum sit. And they have to hope that he does, because you know he he doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table as, as much as a scorer. He's a better finisher than some of the guys the Blazers have, but there's also the possibility that the dividends that Turner produces could help the Blazers, the Blazers two best players have a little bit more energy to play on the other side of the floor or do other things on the floor, like rebound. And those are things that, you know, maybe don't come across on the stat sheet or come across on plus minus. And if that's something that can happen for the Blazers, then he will be even more valuable than I think a lot of people think, including myself. I haven't been very high on the Turner signing, but I do think that, it's possible that he provides more than what you know he shows on the stat sheet or even on in advanced metrics. And if he provides the defensive versatility that has been advertised and his playmaking provides a real rest to the two guards, then I really think he becomes you know a vital part of this team and a guy that's going to play every night. Obviously, if you're paying a guy seventy million dollars, I would expect that he's going to pay every play every night. And then that brings us to Harkless, who still has yet to be signed. And as Kevin Pelton noted on our podcast on Wednesday. Harkless could still be the starter. He could start on opening night. The the as I stated, the starting lineup last year for the Blazers with Harkless during the regular season had a net rating of plus fourteen. And Harkless provides one skill that is is you know something that none of the other guards really have, and that's his offensive rebounding or all the wings anyway. Is that his ability to be kind of a battering ram to come in from the weak side to come in and get rebounds to come in and and just create havoc and, and also finish at the rim with those rebounds are, are things that, you know, the, the other Blazers wings don't really have because he doesn't really need the ball to, to, to do his stuff. And, and that's one of the things that I think makes him a better complimentary player to the Blazers starters than Evan Turner. And it, it's crazy to say that the Blazers are going to be paying $145 million to two guys who potentially, who neither of which may start, you know, that that's really possible because uh, Terry Stotts doesn't care how much the the Blazers are paying Crab and Turner that you know, and all those guys are getting paid. So it's just going to be up to Stotts to decide what works out there. And I think the Blazers are going to, you know, Olshay has already put on the the fifty mid fifties win projection, fifty three, fifty four wins, and they're going to have to have Crab, Aminu, and Turner really step up to the plate and I think bringing Harkless back will also be a big a big win for them something important for them so they're gonna need all their wings to play well but I think Aminu that the the list in terms of importance will go Aminu Crab Turner and then Harkless and then you know I and, and that's my list right now I'm willing to adjust it as we go along obviously a lot of these guys are super super young Turner is the oldest of them all so we can still see some improvement from these guys, but 
if the wings don't live up to the expectations that we think they have, if, if, if Aminu's three point shooting falls off from where it was last year, if it's not as consistent, then the expectations that Olshay has for the team are going to be a lot harder to meet. So Thanks for joining me on this Saturday episode of Locked On Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson. We had some great podcasts this week, as I mentioned at the top, which you should go back and listen to. Tell your friends about them. You know, subscribe. Hit us up on Audio Boom, iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Sponsors, hit me up. Get, get, get your business on this podcast, and hopefully we will help you get some business and all we will do in return is keep on producing this fire content here on locked on blazers. So thanks for joining me. We'll be back next week with more of locked on blazers, part of the locked on podcast network.